Welcome to another mini episode about The Handmaid's Tale here on Deviant Women. I'm Alicia. And I'm Lauren. And we're joined by Justin from the Mayday Handmaid's Tale podcast. It's a mouthful. Thank you. Hello. This time around, we're going to be talking about Moira. Moira. So, Moira. Moira. Who's Moira in the scheme of things? So, Moira in the grand scheme of things is Offred slash June's best friend. Um, We learned from several flashbacks and it's basically the same in the book. Uh, she is definitely portrayed as quite the not opposite of June, but more as we were talking about June not being or offered not being quite the rebel and person who put up much of a fight for the rights that she was taking advantage of. Uh, Moira is very much the opposite. Moira mm-hmm. is definitely the more feisty, more outspoken. Uh, she is uh, at least in the show. She is a lesbian or at least bisexual. Because she's with a couple women. Yeah, I think in the book she is Is as well. Yeah. And so she's definitely portrayed that way in the TV show. And definitely portrayed as someone who is going to try and figure out how the hell to get out of here as quickly as possible within the confines of what she has to work with. Mm. And so she's one of those characters that you want more of in the show. Definitely. (laughs) You get enough of her. You th- it's one of those where you're like, okay, where did she go? Because she's missing for a few episodes intentionally. Um, and then she comes back. And as much as people wanted more of that character, I think they did a great job of taking her away, you know, making you kind of desire to see what she's doing, and then turning around, bringing her back in sort of a opposite version of herself. Yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. And to definitely leave you wanting more of her later on. Yeah. And so it's not that she is a not deep character, but you also don't learn enough about her for her to be particularly layered as much so as your Serena, Joy, or Offred. Uh, she definitely does have some layers, especially towards the end in the last couple episodes when she takes on a little different tone. But the performance, nonetheless, from Samara Wiley, who probably most people know from Orange is the News Black as Pusey is outstanding as are the vast majority of the performances mm-hmm. here but hers in particular and being probably the i wouldn't say the only woman of color because rita is biracial mm. i believe the actress but being really the only main character that is a woman of color she's outstanding and yeah. like i said i think they give her the right balance of bringing her in and making you love her just enough to want her back but taking her away and then just giving you enough to make you want more. But I think the thing is, is that in terms of her complexity of character, and we've touched on this before, like the turn that her character does take and the place that she ends up in from the character that she begins as, as this very sort of rebellious, like take no shit kind of will fight back character. And she does fight the system Mm. to begin with. And then to see where she ends up, towards the end of the novel and in a similar place in the Hulu show as well. In that time period where she disappears in the novel, in that time period where she's off screen for the show, there's a change of character that comes around there that I think is 
even though it's not written, even though it's left up to our imagination, we can only assume that it's an incredibly complex turn of character. We can only assume that all of those multifaceted layers that make her up are what come into play to actually bring her to the point at Jezebel's that she comes to later. So I think it actually adds a deeper level of complexity to her, the mm. fact that we, we are never told explicitly or we don't find out explicitly what it is that's led her to this point. Yeah. Obviously, it's we can a, assume it's, things. It's, obviously, we can assume things, and obviously it's not a point of choice. She hasn't mm. ended up here out of choice. But as we've touched on before, there were choices. Yeah. <laughs> right. None of them good. None, yeah, of, none yeah. of them good. But this certainly is one of those mm. choices that we can assume a certain amount of things have happened to lead her to this particular option. I'm yep. probably not giving her enough credit. You're probably right. And because ending up where she does end up, and we'll uh, we'll leave it at that because where she does end up is very interesting and a rather large part of how her character develops, so I don't want to give it away. But I think part of the issue is that I felt like you kind of knew that she was going to make it just because of who the actress was and the character. And so you kind of knew, like, in the end, she's probably going to be okay because, A, she's phenomenal, and you don't want to waste that by killing her off. Now, it would have been, you know, if they wanted to be like Game of Thrones and, like, kill all your favorite characters (laughs) off, like, within the first three episodes, I would have been all for that just because it's kind of out of character for most television shows. But I think I got the sense like, okay, I know she's going to make it. So I didn't necessarily feel as much of a worry like you would for this character had you thought that she was really going to maybe not make it to the end. I think it's her journey that's really interesting in this. It's the way that she does things. It's the fact that she acts as the counterpoint to so many of the other women in the sense that in a lot of ways she's not afraid to act. And that her bravery, you know, could get her into trouble and you know can be a real risk for her. But you do still believe that if anyone's going to pull this off, it's going to be Moira. It's like an anticipation and an excitement of, well, although I still felt genuine risk, I didn't know. Because the show does deviate a little, it extends rather, the book. So where she ends up in the show is a little bit further than the last time we see her in the novel. And so for that reason, I still did feel a lot of like, oh, how is this going to work out? Like, I mean, I assume that she is going to be okay, but maybe she won't be because she's still taking those big risky moves that I really admire about her. Yeah, they kind of bring her more or less full circle almost because she does start off as the one taking all the bold risks. And uh, it's interesting to see at the beginning, you do see kind of the dichotomy of the two of Offred and Moira in the bathroom scene where they're in the Red Center, which is also in the book where, you know, they're trying to plot this uh, kidnapping of the aunt. Mm. Yeah. And Alfred is very much, let's not do it. Let's not get in trouble. And Moira is like, fuck this. I'm getting the hell out of here. (laughs) However, I could do it. And she does kind of lose that, but then they bring it back around. So it's definitely a a great performance, but I, you know, I'm probably just not giving the character enough credit within the show. (laughs) I'm probably not. And I'll admit that, but she's great in the, in the show. And, you know, thinking back on it now that I'm sitting here having to analyze her mentality at the place that she ends up, I guess more or less what happens is the roles get reversed for lack of a, we're trying to not spoil this for everyone uh, between her and Offred slash June. Offred kind of has to evolve into the kind of character that Moira was mm. slash will be probably yeah and so it's interesting and more interesting now that lauren and i both know how it ends with her mm. that you kind of see 
maybe symbolically and probably intentionally because I know how writers are, uh, this transfer of that characteristic Definitely, from yeah. Moira to Offred. Yeah. And so you kind of see Moira lose that and Offred takes up that mantle. Yeah. And is definitely going to be the one to run with it. Yeah. And the final scenes with Moira, to not give too much away, are probably some of the best acting in the show because there's <laughs> she's lost a lot of what made her. Yeah. Mm. She seems the most helpless. I had read about Atwood's sort of intention with Moira as a character. I mean, Moira is, she does sort of become the epitome of what happens when you let the bastards grind you down. Like this is what Atwood, Mm. sort of her intention was, was that, you know, we have that idea of like don't let the bastards grind you down. And from the very, very beginning, Moira seems like she's the kind of character that would be the last person to let that happen. But then she's also the epitome of it doesn't sort of matter how strong and tough you are, there is a point at which the bastards will grind you down. So if that's kind of what's transferred into the show as well, I think that that's pretty true to the novel yeah. as yes, well. Yes, very much so. This certainly was an intentional sort of flip. We really do see that in, in Jezebel's, both in the novel and in the Hulu show. That's where Moira seems at her lowest. She's given up, kind of. And the other thing about Boimer, let's remember, she is a lesbian, you know, and now she is right. forced into this role where she has to sexually service men so it's not and she's technically a gender traitor in the gilead universe and so the stakes for her are actually really high if she was to act out in any way even more so than they are for some of the other women but i can only imagine what that must be like to have not only ended up in a place like jezebel's where you are forced into sex work against your will but as still your only means of survival and that limited choice is the one that you've made. But it's also it's also with a sex that's not your sexuality either. So I don't know. I, f- I feel like that adds an even bigger element of that grinding down. It's a complete subjugation in a stronger sense, I think, perhaps than some of the other characters for that extra added dimension. I agree. And I, you know, honestly, before you said that, I didn't really think about the lesbian aspect of it. more Mostly because for her character because she has gone so long that it's not, and again, it's only portrayed a couple times in flashbacks and not quite as strongly a part of her character outwardly as uh, as like Ofglen, who we'll get to later, Mm. um, where it's very pronounced as that is part of her character more so in the show that they present that to you more than they do with uh, Moira, where they only do it in a couple flashbacks, and so it's mm. not really at the forefront of your mind. So yeah, I didn't even really think about that, to be honest with you, with the Jezebel situation. So yeah, that is a complete subjugation and yeah. complete grinding down about as much as you could do to a person. There's not really much left after that. One last point about Moira that I want to make before we wrap her up is actually her, the way that the friendship between Moira and June is presented, because I think that's another really important element of both the novel and the show is the fact that this friendship is so vitally important to both of these women. And I think it presents a really positive image of female friendship and how powerful female friendship is and how important these women are to one another. I think that they are, I think that Moira is as important to Offred as as Luke is, as somebody that who shares a really important part of her life. When they do the flashbacks, you kind of see that, and later on you learn that Moira really didn't have any family. And so Luke and Offer or Luke and June were basically her only family. Yeah. Because when they talk about, you know, escaping and how Moira escaped and how she didn't really have anybody else to worry about. And that was one of the things that made Offred or June and Luke's 
escape a little more treacherous because they had each other and a child. And there's definitely that uh, sense that her and June were as close as two friends could be and probably more so from Moira's side that she really clung to them, even though there's a little bit of an interesting dynamic between her and Luke that she really viewed them as her family. And so you see that kind of, again, turn on itself later in the show. It becomes a really big, powerful moment at the end. Yes, yes, (laughs) very powerful. All the feels. Yeah. Well, because I think that's interesting because I think one of the things that The Handmaid's Tale does as well is it latches onto that idea of people turning against each other. And it has that, and I think in the show they call it slut shaming, which is obviously not what it's called in the novel, or it's at least that's what it's been sort of referred to mm-hmm. as by the audience. It has this kind of real sense of women turning against other women for their, you know, in order to make sure that they're okay. So it, yeah. it does have this sort of sense of like, what relationships are actually sacred? Who are those people that you would not turn against Mm. no matter what? You know, in these kind of situations where people are willing to turn against people they don't know, you can detach yourself from the fate of strangers. You can quite happily, you know, kick, abuse, physically attack someone you don't know if it's going to save you, if you're going to be okay. It plays into that whole psychology Mm. of what you will be pushed to do, but also that psychology of what are the limits? Who are the people that you would never turn against? And this is something I think they take again to a little bit of a further level in the Hulu show because there is a moment in Jezebel's where that friendship starts to kind of rupture a little bit. Moira and Offred do enter into some conflict and you kind of worry about their friendship but at the end you know Moira and June still come through for each other really significantly because they are that person to each other they're willing to take on those risks for each other 